I think that motherhood has a way of like tearing off the rose colored glasses of things. And so, and it, uh, I'm a meditation teacher and a yoga teacher. And so one of the things that I try to like, um, take a different look instead of being like, once you figured it out, they throw you for a loop and you gotta do it again. I try to reframe that and think kids keep you in the present moment. And the present moment is where growth happens and anxiety lives in the future and sadness and depression lives in the past. And if we can really embrace that children bring us into the present moment, then we are constantly in a stage of growth instead of stagnancy or, you know, false ideas. It's, it's the beautiful and messy and hard thing of you just have to look at your life exactly as it is and just be Mm -hmm. like, here we are. And I think that can be depressing and that can be sad, but it could also be uh, really good too. Hi, I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I'm excited to sit down with Carrie Sitaro and Ashley Huron-Smith, hosts and producers of Momtourage podcast and live show. There have been so many days as a mom where I wanted to break down and cry. Like two weeks ago when both kids got hand, foot and mouth at the same time and couldn't sleep for three nights straight because they were so uncomfortable. Then there are other days where all I could do was laugh. Like yesterday, when Hudson discovered an old Santa hat and insisted that he was never going to take it off and asked if he could sleep in it. And nobody gets those ups and downs better than Carrie and Ashley. They even have a segment on their podcast called The Shits and the Tits, where they talk about their highs and lows for the week. It's one of my favorite parts of their show because they just lay it all on the table. We need more moms who tell it like it is and share the highs and lows and everything in between. When Carrie and Ashley auditioned and were casted as mom friends on their first podcast, Scary Mommy Speaks, neither of them envisioned their careers revolving around the topic of motherhood. Yet these two moms and actual close friends help other moms find themselves outside of their roles as mothers in their new podcast, Momtourage. Carrie said it best, motherhood is messy, it's hard, and it's beautiful. These two will help you laugh hysterically and feel less alone as they keep it real about all things motherhood. You what? Because I'm going to have to wipe my kid's ass in a second. I'm so sorry. Go, go poop. Hurry up, please. This is the most mom thing that yep. could start a show, really. In a second, I'm going to have to wipe my kid's butt. The good news is that my kid takes the world's quickest shit in the entire <laughs> world. So I will literally be right back. Please excuse me. I apologize in advance. <laughs> this Here is we amazing. go. This is yeah. this is the kind of content that, that people ask us for. Let me just tell you, because usually something happens like this every time we record. Well, I could not relate more as we have been in potty training for the last year. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at as well. It's like, 
I don't know. We heard three days. We heard it would be done. And I'm like a year and a half. Yeah. And I, again, us too. I'm like, and some days I just don't have the energy for it. So I'm like, we're just going to wear diapers all day today. I know that that's maybe slowing down this whole process, but I, mommy just doesn't have it in her today. Yeah. I, I have been throwing away underwear because if (laughs) the underwear is so covered with poop, I'm like, this underwear costs a dollar. Like it's like a six pack of Hanes underwear. Right. And I'm like, this underwear costs a dollar and my mental like health is more important. Oh, it's just, it's too much. It's brutal. It's just absolutely brutal. My kid, my kid, um, will not poop in the toilet. She always wants to poop in a diaper and she, we've talked about on her show. She asks to hold my hand and she makes direct eye contact with me the entire time she's pooping. It's, I wonder when that, I feel like if she gets married or dates, that might be tricky for me to be there all the time. Um, I don't know what it is. Ashley, I didn't think it was that weird until she did it in front of Ashley. And Ashley's like, what is happening here? I'm like, oh, she poops and holds my hand and makes direct eye contact. She's like, what? But I was just like, so in the mom bubble, I didn't realize that that maybe was weird. That's not what everyone else is doing in their (laughs) bathrooms. I was like, I thought every toddler was like doing this. And she's like, no, that shit is weird. (laughs) Well, I feel like every toddler has some some weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some weird poop related. I don't know, routine or what makes them feel comfortable. It's like I was talking about my daughter's direct eye contact. It's the weirdest (laughs) thing you've ever seen. (laughs) It like makes you, I was like, what am I witnessing? This is uncomfortable. All right. Sorry about that. No worries at all. No, I need to work. Please go play your iPad. Then get out of your room. I'll clean the dog peepee after. The dog peepee in my room. This is like really a categorical. This is like, this is like ridiculous. Please go play your iPad. Sorry. This is amazing. <laughs> like, and that's the working mom podcast. <laughs> well, I feel like people might think that this was all staged, right? Like, I know. We actually staged this entire setup. So we're just, we're just, talk. we're just so authentic that it just, no matter what we do, we just can't stop being authentic. I mean, honestly, I'd like to be a little less authentic than that. <laughs> Great. Especially when it comes to poop or pee. That's that's really where the line is drawn. Like everyone in my house is having bodily functions other than me right now. (laughs) It's the most inappropriate time. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Don't apologize. This is gold. Like this is. (laughs) You feel free to use any of this. You could not. (laughs) You couldn't ask for a more authentic picture of a working mom's life. Dilemma. Yep. Yeah, the interruptions that range from practical I need to poop to bomb. Why is a bomb happening outside? TNT. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for giving a beautiful window into working motherhood uh, and a great picture. And the interview's over. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm sorry. Don't apologize at all. We totally get it. My first question to you both is how did you meet? 
Carrie, take it away. You're the pro at this story. Okay. So we were involved with another podcast uh, called Scary Mommy Speaks. And um, it was originally the, the concept for the podcast was two real mom best friends doing their thing. So they had kind of courted Ashley. She had had a uh, Instagram series a show that she was doing and they had been following her. And so they she had been uh, auditioning for them for for kind of a while. Um, when I came into it, Ashley had already inter- interviewed and auditioned a bunch of times. Um, I sent in a tape with my, at the time, actual best friend. I mean, she's still my friend, but Ashley's also now my friend. But at the time, my actual best friend, they called us, we auditioned, we had callbacks. And then we were switched up. Both of us auditioned with Ashley and we were like, oh, they want Ashley and they're trying to find somebody for Ashley. Guess they don't want actual best friends. That's all. I mean, I'm shocked that reality is not reality. Turns out that they picked me and Ashley. We had um, some publicity photo shoots ahead of recording. um, And at the photo shoots, uh, I mean, it was really quickly. I think I... My my thing is that I talk about my vagina a lot and it's I'm sure it's a coping mechanism to see if you're down to be weird. Um, I've just developed it over the years. I find it's a great litmus test to figure as out who's in, my, right. who's in my tribe. And she was down to clown, as they say. Uh, and we became pretty fast friends. We also that day, because we are consummate businesswomen, truly. We said, hey, um, if this is going to be successful, we have to actually be friends. So let's exchange numbers and text and get to know each other. And, you know, Ashley and I were not in the market for new friends. We were, we were good where we were, but um, the casting people, I think knew better than we did. And we are actually now best friends. When that show ended, we started our own show, Momtourage. Um, and Ashley and our kids are best friends now too. It was really kind of like the best thing that came out of that year really for us. Or for me, I don't want to speak for Ashley. For me as well. What did the crash course into becoming fast friends look like? Like I have this like image now in my head of the two of you sitting across from one another, just like saying almost like the strangest thing that could come to your mind to test each other, how you would react to, to that. Uh, yeah, like it did, it did consist of that a little bit. It mostly consisted of. Carrie texting me a lot. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess this is happening. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm a method actor. I need us to be friends in order for it to read like we're friends. And you know, fine, whatever. But I was just like, I don't know. She's, she's wearing me down. I wore her down. I like her. She's funny. I think she's (laughs) funny. And then, you know, the, the usual thing happens when you are, uh, workplace friends, which is, you talk shit about stuff that's going on and hey what do you think this is about and what do you think that's about and it just kind of really happened very quickly but you know we had a lot of similarities we both have partners that are in music in some regard a love of billy joel jersey girls potty jersey mouth girl, love of leopard um you know, as a neutral yeah <laughs> just all kinds of little things we already had in common so it's not like it was a strain in any way. And then I think we saw that although we're not the same, we complement each other in a lot of ways, especially now that we're working on momtrage. It's like 
I have my specialty. She has her specialty. And we kind of let the other one kind of run wild with what their specialty is and just fill us in, I guess. You know, it's it's nice to not feel like we have to do everything ourselves, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, and you both have backgrounds in performance and production, but was Scary Mommy Speaks your first podcast? It was my first podcast, yes. I have a... I haven't done it in a while, but I have a meditation podcast that I did uh, for a little bit before, but, um, and I had started to try to do a a actual mom-ish podcast with another person. Um, It never, we never aired it. Like it was just in the beginning stages. I quickly found out, and this is something important, I think, to your podcast. I quickly learned that the balance of, um, work was not equal between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And we just, it, we just dropped it. I'm luckily like the scary mommy thing happened. So I didn't have to have the awkward conversation with my friend of being like, this isn't working. I'd just be like, scary mommy. I can't, I don't have time for this, but, right. um, you know, I have never worked. I may, I'm making Ashley take the Myers-Briggs personality test next week. And, uh, and I, which I've taken before. I just don't remember. I am like one of the questions is when given a group project, do you prefer group projects or projects by yourself? Mm. I'm a by yourself girl. I, I was, I, I was the girl in school that was like, Hey stoners, I'll do the, all the work, get us all a great grade, but I don't want to hear from you. Bye. Like that was me. And so I really have a hard time trusting that people are going to do as good of a job as I will do. And my, my partner Lee is the same way. Like we are just people that need to work for ourselves. I just, I don't like, you know, I don't like depending on other people and I don't like other people telling me how to do things. Um, I'm very direct, Uh, but Ashley, Ashley is truly the first person that I've ever been in a business with where I don't question if something's going to get done, the quality of how it's going to get done, I really feel like it's a it's a rare circumstance where it is truly equal. And I've never been able to really be like not checking up on shit. You know, we like we like check on each other just to make sure and to keep our own selves straight. But like it's not a concern. I'm like, it will be handled. It, and it's it's the most amazing thing. And it's a checking up in like, hey, what's going on? I just want to like know what's going on as opposed to are you doing your work? Right. Like we like don't I, I'm just checking in to see how this right. is going. How's your day? By the way, no, it's never that. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Which is, and I agree. I mean, I'm a type A Virgo. So like for me, it's always been why even delegate work because no one's going to do it as well as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still kind of. And I'm going to have to redo it anyway. Exactly. Right. But I still think. I think what works about this is that we're still both feeling that like, I'm not going to give you my work and expect you to do my, like the things that I do as well as I do them. And just like, you don't do the same for me. Like you, she's, she handles like the editing. We both handle producing, writing, writing. Stuff, stuff like that. But she handles editing. I handle like booking PR stuff. Um, and then she the does live, more of the socials. Right. And the live show. And it's like, well, these are the things I'm good at. And she's really good at and coming I, and up I, with ideas. I was going to say, really I'm an ideas person. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's, um, I think that's really our strength more than anything is just knowing that about ourselves and each other. Yeah. It's amazing now that I think about it, that 
it we we're still in that honeymoon period of being of still feeling that way. Like it ha- that that mm-hmm. feeling has not gotten old. We're still like, yeah, you know, yeah. Hey, this is awesome. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things you allude to in the trailer for the show is having kids at different stages of your lives. Can you explain each of your journeys a little bit? Sure. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. So uh, I was a kind of chronically single woman for a very long time. And by choice, I had like boyfriends for two or the the main, my main thing is like, after two years, I was like bored. I was like, this is not the one Bye. So I definitely had long-term relationships and lots of do-overs and I was dating a ton, but I was more concerned with my career uh, than I really was about finding the right one, you know? And, um, I had, I had a long-term boyfriend before my now partner and we had gotten kind of accidentally pregnant and I was going to keep it. I ended up miscarrying our relationship broke up and, um, I was just like, I can't with this, you know? And so eventually when I was dating around, I met my now partner and it just seemed different. It was different than all the types of guys I dated. Anyway, we kind of fast-tracked because he's, when I met him, he was, no, yes, 50, no, 47. And I was 37. Sorry. And we knew that like, oh, hey, we don't have a whole lot of time here. So we dated for two and a half years and then decided to start trying. And I got pregnant, like literally the second time I tried to get pregnant, which is incredible to me. Um, And infertility runs my family too. So I was just like, whoo, get it. So we had the baby, but I had her when I was 40 years old and he was 50 years old. Um, so I, I am at a stage in my life where like, I'm an older mom and I now have a two and a half year old and it's, you know, and we, she was planned. We try, you know, it's just, it's, and we're not married. Me and my partner are not married. So just, you know, there's that, that's the shortest way I can put it. (laughs) Yeah, mine was a, a little bit different. I mean, I'm by no means a young mom. Uh, I didn't have my son until I was 32. Um, but I was the first of my friends having grown up in right outside of Manhattan in New Jersey. You know, it's, it's a very urban area and it's the mentality of marrying dating is a lot like it is in Manhattan. You wait till you're a little bit older. You're not doing it at 20 something years old more often than not. Um, And so when I, I was always kind of a reluctant, I I was never fully sold on the idea of having a kid. Um, To me, I questioned if I was a selfless enough person, if I would be a good parent. I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but I had gotten to the point my my husband and I got married a year before I got pregnant. And I was like, listen, if this is something we want to do, we at least need to start thinking about it because I'm just going to get older. Um, and time is a ticking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't really plan my son, but we didn't really like take the step that time to not get pregnant. Um, I'm trying to say that as, as nicely and as less gross as possible, uh, least gross. And, um, here we are, you know, I'm really very grateful that I have my son. And, um, since a lot of other 
friends have had kids and it's nice because our kids are in the same age range and can play together. Um, but I think I'm good. I think I'm a one and done. I have also an only child. So I think that plays a part in things too. That's so interesting. I'm an only child too, but I had a very different experience and I like ask my parents for a sibling every single, Oh, really? like every single day. I was like, when is this happening? Am I having a sibling? Are you going to have another kid? I have two. So I have three and I do. And then now I'm done. I'm good. Got it. Uh, I'm good. But my, my niece asked me all the time. She's like, when are you having a third? And I was like, the shop is closed. We're done here. When are you? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't want a sibling so badly that it it was a joke every so often where my parents would actually be like, we're pregnant and I would cry. And then they'd be like, we're just kidding. Uh, this was like a thing. That's how much I did. Up until your twenties, right? Your yes. mom tried it again. Yeah. No, but that time wasn't a joke. She thought maybe she was pregnant. Okay. That was different. <laughs> well, but yeah. What made you want to pivot your careers and center your careers around your roles as moms? I'd love to take this one first. If Please possible. do, Ash. Uh, truly, I did not plan this. I was talking about this the other day with somebody. This was not in the plan. To make my career about being a mother was never, ever the plan for me. Uh, but more Which than- is kind of the theme of our show, if I may interject. Yeah. That we say it in, it's like a part of our ethos. It's for moms who don't like mom shit. Right. <laughs> but right. also are good moms, you know? Right. Still a good mom. It's just you're not, it's not the all consuming mom right. like, you know, I, beige I'm, Instagram. I'm not reading Parents Magazine. No. Right. It's not you your know? identity. It's not exactly. taking over who you are, where mom is first in exactly. your list of things. Right. So for me, I mean, more than anything, I wanted work. You know, I, I'm freelance. I've been freelance in production as an actor, as a host for quite some time. And I had been working towards this thing in my career for so long, which was to be a host. And when scary mommy came along, it was like, well, this is work. This is, this is a consistent job. And anybody who does what Carrie and I do, uh, understands that you just want to take the work. And it's a paycheck like anything else. Um, And it's doing what you love. So it just so happened to be about motherhood. Mm -hmm. And through that, through, through Scary Mommy, through this podcast, and I feel like Carrie and I learned, kind of came to terms with some things about our motherhood journey, about ourselves, um, got comfortable with this new version of ourselves. And we just really like doing it. I have so much fun working with Carrie. I enjoy what we do. I enjoy being my own boss and creating my own work. And um, here we are, really. I mean, it was, it certainly was not intentional, but now that I'm on the ride, I'm loving every second of it. It's just like my, my journey to motherhood, I guess. (laughs) I like to think that <clears throat> that our show is a show not about motherhood, but it just happens to take place with two people that have children. Like we try to, all, of course, always have topics that are interesting to us. And some of those topics are children related because right. it is a part of what we're thinking about, but that it really, the podcast is hopefully to remind all mothers who are listening, who care to listen, that 
you are still you. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, I had a really hard time with my identity when I, as many women do, when I had my baby. Yeah. Um, and getting scary mommy helped me come out of that. I mean, I guess it was postpartum depression. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't know who I was anymore. And scary mommy, uh, helped me remember that I was this like awesome chick. So I just want for other people, even if it's just like you're in your car, you just dropped off your kid, you've got 10 minutes Then maybe you can listen to Ashley and I shooting the shit and feel like you are your old self again. And then maybe you won't, then maybe you go to soccer practice and you feel like a robot again, but Ashley and I do that too. It's not like we're, you know, feeling the best version of ourselves all the time, but I just want um, moms to know that, that they are themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember, I, I think it's such a weird thing, right? Like all of a sudden, one day you're going along in your life, even when you're pregnant, yes, your life changes, but it's still, you're still you. And then truly you get home from the hospital or the minute that kid is born, it's so abrupt. Like there's no no gradual, I'm slowly shifting. It's like your world changes in an instant. Yeah. And I I honestly like, you know, being speaking to the question before being like the last one to have kids, I certainly heard all of the things to be cautious of Mm -hmm. and whatever. Nobody really explained that part of all the books that I've read or I'm all the friends, the sleep, the nutrition, the breastfeeding. Like I heard all about that shit. Yeah. No one really said, Oh, Hey, you're going to lose yourself completely. And that postpartum sometimes isn't wanting to eat the carpet or not connecting to your child. That postpartum can also be feeling a deep pit of being lost at sea at not knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. So that was the part that I just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely over that yet, but I'm, I'm closer to figuring it out and knowing they're feeling those moments of being me again and being like, Oh, okay. Okay. She's there. She's there. You know, I mean, I have to tell you at about four months, you know, my son and I had been doing the like sleeping in bed all day. I watched all of pretty little liars just like on the boob napping all day long. And at four months I was like, what, who am I? What am I doing with my life? Like, who is this person that just lays in bed and all of a sudden is obsessed with this thing? They didn't even know if they wanted in their life. And that's how I really, because of that, I started to take, I, I have a history of creating my own work and being like, I'm in an industry where I can't really control much, but I am going to try and control this. And it was in that instance that I was like, I've always wanted a host. The whole hosting podcasting thing started was this postpartum loss of identity. And I have to say, as hard as that was, I'm very grateful for it because it allowed, I did what I, what I know to do, which is create something, retreat to that and use that to find myself, to find my way back to myself. And I did. And I mean, I'm still, listen, I'm still lost with who I am and I have, I'm still very confused about my identity as a mother and all of this, but I'm eternally grateful for the work that we do and the work that I had started back then, because 
you know, four years later, I feel like I really built something for myself and it was out of that period of time. Well, I think what's so hard about it too, is it changes, right? Like everybody says how your kid is going to have stages. And like, when you figure out that stage, they're going to change. Right. And all of that, but nobody really talks about on the mom side, because the minute that you figure out, okay, here's my quote unquote philosophy around eating or like what diapers I'm going to use, or am I going to breastfeed or not? And like all those decisions, then the world shifts shifts on you. And then you have to think about how am I going to discipline and what kind of parent am I going to be here? Like, it's like, even on the mom stuff side, let alone what's happening with the rest of your life, there's all these things that just keep moving and shifting. And it feels like, oh, I just got my like foothold here. And now I got to figure it all out all over again. Like what age does that stop? Does that ever stop? I don't think it does. (laughs) And is that just a motherhood thing or is that just life in general? I mean, I hate to like Mm. put it into this broader sense, but I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I also feel like motherhood just accelerated uh, my growing up a little bit. You know, like I, I, I was like Peter panning a little too long and it finally was like, Oh, okay. Maybe you don't need to be out every single night. Not no judgment. I miss that a lot, especially now that we never go out, but um, it accelerated this growth in, in certain ways. So I don't know. I don't know if that's just a life thing or a motherhood thing. I think there's this quality heady there guys. I was going to say, I'm going to get, I'm going to get heady too. (laughs) I think that motherhood has a way of like, tearing off the rose colored glasses of things. And so, and it, uh, I'm a meditation teacher and a yoga teacher. And so one of the things that I try to like, um, take a different look instead of being like, once you figured it out, they throw you for a loop and you gotta do it again. I try to reframe that and think kids keep you in the present moment. And the present moment is where growth happens and anxiety lives in the future and sadness and depression lives in the past. And if we can really embrace that children bring us into the present moment, then we are constantly in a stage of growth instead of stagnancy or, you know, false ideas of what is it is. And so I think some of that, um, the hard stuff is it takes off your, your rose colored glasses that you were looking at the world before, because you could live in like half truths or like fantasy or the past or whatever. And you really can't do that mm-hmm. with kids. Kids will tear those glasses off and be like, look, I need to be wiped or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and so they I sure just, will. They sure will. I got my iPad in one hand and water in the other and I need help. Um, So I think that that's some of it is it's 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 the beautiful and messy and hard thing of you just have to look at your life exactly as it is and just be Mm -hmm. like, here we are. And I think that can be depressing and that can be sad, but it could also be uh, really good, too. So I just think that's part of it. Like once those glasses are torn off, you can either run away from it or you can embrace and just be like, I'm going to live in the present moment and just keep doing this. And I think that's the, that's the, the road less taken, but I think it's actually the easier road in the long run. And you just have to keep going. Like there's no, like there's no, you don't have the choice anymore of like, I'm going to just tap out for a little while and like veg out and do this. It's like, 
okay. Like there are people depending on you now, like now you, now you have to put one foot in front of the other and that keeps you moving too. Yeah. Listen, I got home at one o'clock in the morning last night and I did not want to get up at 6am, but my kid was like literally peeling my eyeballs open being like, I'm hungry. And I was like, Lee. And he was like, no, I took last night. And I was like, all righty, here we go. You know, it's like, you can't, it's, this is you now, you know? This is, this is your, and I used to, I used to be angry about it. And now I'm just like, what's the point in being angry about it? Oh, it depends on my mood. If I'm being honest, sometimes I'm angry about it. I've just really tried to be like, it's not anybody's fault. This is just, this is the way it is now. So let's embrace it. I mean, I don't do that all the time. It's not like I'm freaking Buddha over here, but, um, I've really recently tried to just be like, not angry about it, you know? Yeah. I think having a second put that in perspective, because I feel like I was getting really frustrated with my toddler because in some ways I'm like, Oh, you've lived on this earth for, you know, two years now. Haven't you figured out things and you're not making my life easier? The answer is no. (laughs) Right. And that was the answer. And when I was with the baby, I was like, had so much more patience. Cause I was like, Oh, he's so little and yes. new and he can't control anything. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, yes, you're almost 40 years old and you haven't figured it out yet. Why are you <laughs> expecting this human who's been here three years to have like mastered all the things that you're still working on decades right. later? I mean, he can't even poop in the right. body. So it's what true. are we expecting here? <laughs> Very fair point. <laughs> All right. Rewind for a little bit. What advice would you give to your pre-mom self? Carrie, I already know what your advice to yourself would be, but I have no idea what mine would be. (laughs) What do you think mine would be? Do all the things you say. Yes, I know. Do Do all the things. things. I mean, I did do almost all the things, but I I would say do all the things. I would also say, um, this is going to come out the wrong way. You're not that important. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that your mistakes, whether you do something or not do something, it doesn't matter as much as what you thought it was going to matter. So it's, it's okay. I would have told myself, learn to be okay on your own and that it's not your burden. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that I have take I, I take on other people's stuff so much sometimes, um, and try to make as many people happy as I possibly can. And the a lot of times, no one ends up happy, happy, and um, or happy, or happy. <laughs> no one ends up happy, and uh, it was all for what? All the anxiety, all the stress, all the for what? I feel like as women, we are taught to be so considered of so many other people and everyone mm-hmm. else's feelings and uh, whether it's boys or family or friends or Joe Schmo down the street. And the ability as a woman to stand on your own two feet, whether it's I'm doing what's best for me and if other people don't like it, it sucks, but that's okay. Or whether it's setting very solid boundaries but I have found myself as an adult being very, um, I very much admire people that have boundaries, like in place boundaries. I don't know if you, you, ha- this happens to you, but um, when you realize something like that, like about your past or about yourself, 
And then you think, okay, this isn't something I want for my kids. Like I think about this whole people pleasing a lot. I grew up like a consummate people pleaser and it's something that I have struggled with. And I constantly think I don't want my children to grow up like this, but it's like, how, like, I don't, I, I don't know other, how to break it. Yeah. Well, it's also, I, I have found sort of like if you're ever on a diet and you're like not supposed to eat the thing, whatever it is, and you just keep thinking, I can't eat cheese. I can't eat cheese. Well, your mind just remembers cheese. And then you're like, now I want cheese. Yeah. So I feel like it's that way with parenting. Like I was so worried about giving my OCD and my anxiety to my kid that it became such a, such a thing that I was worried about, which only made me more anxious. And and you know what? I try to look at it as like, you know, I am who I am and I think I'm really awesome because of all of these things, not in spite. I am who I am because I, I am one of the most empathetic people because I am anxious and sometimes get sad. I am the person I am because of these things that sometimes I view as a hindrance to my life, not in spite. And so who am I to like play God and be like, you should, I hope you don't have this anxiety. She's going to have what she's going to have. What I can do is teach her coping mechanisms, strategies, ways to deal with it. So maybe it doesn't affect her life in the same negative ways that it affected my life. But I also think that some of those things are going to make her who the brilliant, amazing woman that she is. That was such a nice perspective. Oh, and I feel you. like I'm amazed I haven't really like heard it in, or maybe it just didn't register for me like it did just now. Well, and you also hit the nail on the head when you said playing God. Like, I also think about how somebody said to me recently, right? Like when you think about it, and especially as a working parent, there's so many other influences in your child's life. Like totally. the school they're at, the friends they have, like what teams they're on or what plays there and all of these other experiences that to think as a parent that you could control everything to ensure this particular outcome, you're not God. It's and you it's can't crazy do that. Making. It's crazy. But it was, it took somebody like really breaking that down and being like, you can do certain things, but there's going to be a lot of things outside of your control. And so you better get comfortable with that right now. And it, and in some ways it also took the pressure off, right? Like it was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like my job is to help them cope or figure things out rather than just, I'm essentially the, like, I don't know, Michelangelo, like creating this like being from nothing. That's not my job. I just think like, if I can cliff notes things for her, like if your kid came and you noticed he or she was being people pleasing, if someone would be like, why, why is it that you want that per to, to help that person? Or why is it that you want to do that? Just so that we get to like the core of mm. the, of the need or the emotion quicker. If I can just fast track a little bit of that so that she has tools earlier to figure it out, that's then you're really doing your job. I, I, I feel. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to be honest. I didn't expect us to have like such like a deep conversation. I don't we know. Do all, I was, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we've, we've had the roller coaster of we've laughed. We haven't cried per se, but I, I almost feel like we did. Had- <laughs> we almost did. We could blame the calm, but yeah. we almost did. Uh, thank you both so much for spending some time with me and sharing your stories and, uh, 
for all you do for Momtourage as well. Thank you. Thank you. We can't wait to have you on our show, by the way. Before you go, I want to tell you about this new show I just discovered called Me Becoming Mom. It's from People Magazine, and editor Zoe Ruderman sits down with famous mamas to hear all about their journeys to motherhood. She talks about everything from trying to conceive for years, surprise pregnancies, IVF, surrogacy, adoption, unexpected home births. Nothing is off limits in these emotional, candid, sometimes heartbreaking, but always heartwarming interviews. You'll hear from mamas like Hoda Kotb, Alyssa Milano, Brooklyn Decker, Candy Burris, and more. I hope you tune in and subscribe to Me Becoming Mom. Work Like a Mother is produced by Neighbor Schools. Neighbor Schools is a startup in Boston that I co-founded in 2018 to help parents find daycare. As a first-time parent, finding childcare can feel scary and intimidating. At Neighbor Schools, we help you find daycare you'll feel really good about so you can go back to work with the peace of mind that your little one is getting the socialization, support, and stimulation they need to learn and grow. We've helped thousands of moms and dads figure out the daycare search. Check us out at neighborschools.com. And when you get in touch, mention that you discovered us on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.